Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself too seriously. And this is your premiership restart preview. I'm Tim. There's Phil. Hello, Tim. And there's JB. Hello, Tim. How are you? Uh, I'm extremely well. How good is it? This wonder whether this day would ever come. You know, <laughs> we've still got a few days to go, but... I just want to um, stake out some territory here. I want to do a bit of house, uh, housekeeping before we, but before we continue. Um, I'm happy to do this podcast with you, but some ground rules, Tim. No, get, no getting on, no getting on Steve Diamond's back. Stop continuing this little <laughs> thing that Craig Doyle and Hugo were doing on that quiz the other night, trying to make it sound like I hate Steve Diamond and Sale. Like, can I, can I, can I just point something out? Right, Steve Diamond is a hero to the local working community of Manchester, Sale, Cheshire, and and Lancashire. What he's done done for rugby around here is unbelievable. And and what do you do? Well, your record speaks for itself. <laughs> Tim, I was I was delighted to hear you've got a vendetta against Steve Diamond and the <laughs> abhorrent um, Sale Sharks plan new stadium, which yeah, is going to you... ruin communities. I mean, if you, I mean, if you think about what rugby has given us uh, us three, and between the two of you, you're trying to sink both the stadium and Steve Diamond's career. You're both <laughs> they are massively out of order. <laughs> Just going to say for the record one more time, I think Steve Diamond is a is a brilliant character that rugby is all the better for having. And I and I thoroughly oh, enjoy I thoroughly enjoy our little head-to-head interviews, which have made for some brilliant TV down the years. Yeah, that's right. Keep on grovelling. I, I have to say, Tim, um, I've, I thoroughly enjoyed your uh, appearance on the quiz. Um, well done as well, finishing second mm. behind Hugo. Um, if there was only a, there was a couple of spelling mis- mistakes on Parise and Pietau, if if just a couple of minor things had gone your way, oh, it would have been a big win. Yeah, I should have had him. Should have had it, him. It, it would have been a big win. Big, big win. Should have had him. <laughs> no, it's a good, good quiz. Entertaining. But, but on, that, on that, I think we should say, and you know, I'm, I'm, I am completely biased. However, I think everyone in rugby can acknowledge what a fantastic thing BT Sport have done in bringing every single premiership game whilst there is... And they haven't even... This isn't, by the way, just the end of this season. This is for as long as there are no crowds in stadiums, Every game will be televised. Oh, fair play! That's amazing. Have they sorted out the kickoff times yet? Uh, for most of them, a couple of them are to be confirmed. Because when, <laughs> in classic Premiership rugby style, not BT style, I might add, rugby uh, Premiership rugby, big announcement, ten o'clock. Okay, well, what's the announcement? There's some games on, right? We know that. 
but they couldn't work out the um, they couldn't work out the kickoff times, which is why they're all announced or most of them were announced with no kickoff times. But that's been overcome now, has it? In most cases, yes. And I think that there's a lot of moving parts that still haven't been sorted. Like I was chatting to Alex Lowe from the Times. And he was saying that the exact ins and outs of how the press operate, how they do post-match interviews, if they do post-match interviews, are they done online? Are, are they allowed in the ground? All of that is still being worked out as we speak. So, uh, I, the- I, I've heard the press conferences afterwards are going to be done from the press seats in the stadium. And you have to basically dial into the coach. Yeah, I think, madness. I think that might be the case. And also, I guess when you're interviewing, I mean, I don't know, I'm second guessing. But you have to hand a mask to someone as they walk over to you. Oh, how, how do they do it on football? No, they, they, they have a stood, they have a standing microphone at some distance, and then I'll be stood behind the camera. Oh, so we won't even get to see your beautiful you, hand. My wrists. Not going to see my wrists. <laughs> God. Well, I guess you'll save on save on wrist insurance. True. <laughs> you know, swings and roundabouts. But no, yeah. absolutely fantastic that we got every single minute of the Gallagher Premiership on the telly on BT Sport. So if you haven't already, uh, get, get on it, whether you're on Virgin, you're on Sky, get the app. There's, uh, get on BT and get every single game. That's a, that's a bargain. One, one thing that came through with the, uh, with the Premiership Rugby statement was the confirmation of next season starting, wasn't it? Yep. And that, so that starts end of November? Yeah. 20th. That's right. Yeah, the- sorry, yeah, I'm just looking at the press release now. 20, Friday 20th of November is confirmed, which is still during the planned um, international window, because that finishes, I think, the first week of planned to finish first week of December. And there will be a um, Premiership rugby game for every single weekend of the Six Nations. So from next week, uh, rugby is going to be intense for a full 12 month period because of the Lions tour as well. For, for certain individuals, it is going to be intense. Very difficult one for me, this, because, well, it is and it isn't. So unsurprisingly, after doing a podcast for however many years we've done this, I do quite like rugby. <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm grateful to have it back. But I can't help but think the product isn't going to benefit from all this constant games over and over again. I mean, it'd be very easy, wouldn't it, for you to switch off from the game for a couple of weeks and before you know it you've lost all kind of sense of where the league's hit I mean this happens to me with Super Rugby every year I try and watch it miss out for a couple of weeks don't know who's good don't know who's bad I don't really care much for watching because I don't recognise any of the names you know you, I can see this happening with Premiership Rugby uh, if there is too much too much exposure or too many games not too much exposure too many games and, and we, we will see that so we'll, we'll see it for two reasons the reason that you're pointing out there with the like you blink for two weeks and you could have missed three games so you've missed a huge swing, but also we are going to see in, in this period, um, complete in the Premiership season and, and Pro 14 season, um, you are going to see some one-sided results where there's three games in a single week. So for at least one of those games, you're going to have to have a combination of uh, first team slash um, squad players slash academy players going against what would be, a say, a top four team who still wants the win. You're going to see some 50 60 points to nil games which mm. they're not to anyone's benefit really yeah exactly right exactly right and and as we will come on to a, a little bit later in this pod there will be some teams who given that the top four is not 100 percent decided but we know who's going to be in it and given that saracens are already relegated there are some teams who this whole period is going to be a pre-season 
they, they will be focusing on the 20th of November because promotion relegation or, or relegation next season is what they care about, not, well, I, not playing out these last nine games. Like Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. I, well, New, Newcastle, although they're not in these next nine games, they, they will be focused on that, but maybe a couple of other teams near yeah, the bottom end of the table. They're in a real bind. Do they get their premiership money? They don't, do they? They've got to fund all these players until they kick a premiership ball again. It's a really good point. I don't know, because but the they're they're still a stakeholder in Premiership rugby, mm. so they'll get some of the central money, but um, probably not the TV money as it stands. Other than the stuff that goes centrally. Yeah, Leicester Tigers, I think, fit your brief about teams that are, teach, are treating this as a preseason. Hundred percent, and they've got the the um, distinct disadvantage of having. Well, having lost 28 players by my count and having brought in nearly 20 and having a whole new, or maybe not a whole new, but a significantly new coaching structure as well. So trying to integrate all of that together. Actually, this nine games as a, as a pre-season, for want of a better word, it, it will probably serve them better than it otherwise would have done. That's not no. to say that they're going to do well next season. So did you see the, um, the coach's team picture? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lovely. No, they, they all they all look happy, don't they? Well, Mike <laughs> Ford didn't look that happy, but I'm gonna put that picture up in the dungeon, right? And do you know, like there's mafia films, and they cross off each face as and when they go. <laughs> Here is my prediction. This is going to be bloodier than Game of Thrones. Um, that coaching team will not be together. May, maybe not by the end of this season, but definitely. <laughs> How, how many, what's your prediction? So there's about 10 people in that picture, was there? Seven or eight. One, seven or eight. So, there's only one guy that I see is relatively safe. That's Steve Borthwick. I think Jordan Murphy is watching us back for Steve Borthwick. Steve Borthwick is watching us back for Mike Ford. And Mike <laughs> Ford will probably be watching his back thinking, if anyone rumbles me, i.e. Jordan Murphy, I could be out of here. So you've got a bit of a Mexican standoff, I would say, between the being those three and as for everyone else you don't know when you could be collateral damage yeah yeah I mean, seven seven in there so to, JB what, how many how many do you reckon will be of that seven how many will start next season on the 20th of November I'm going to say this not a very bold prediction I'd say six will start in November yeah only four will be left by the, by the end of that season and it'll be a big name It'll be Murphy or Ford that will go. I think Borthwick's safe, unless... It's like rock, rock, paper, scissors, stone. Isn't it? Murphy can get rid of Ford. Ford can, Ford can do Borthwick. Borthwick can do... <laughs> You've got to watch Succession, because I was, I'm just imagining how it's going to be done. I'm not going to give anything away, but there's one scene in Succession where there's people around a table having an open conversation about which one of them is going to get thrown to the wolves. <laughs> and... <laughs> Murphy, God, Mike Ford. Like, I, I, I don't share Andy Good's uh, view on Mike Ford. Most of what I'm saying is uh, kind of in kind, kind of in jest. I don't think he's probably as snaky as Good, as Goody said, or maybe even what Burgess said. I think there's probably a middle ground there. But he well, you, you don't get you don't get the CV that he's got without exactly. having talent. Yeah, that's the thing you've got to remember. He's a phenomenally talented coach. I mean, even people that really, I don't know a few of them. Say he's a brilliant coach. So, you know, if if it could all mold together, by the way, what what a coaching team! Hey, you've got to remember, 
when he was coaching Germany against uh, Hong Kong, was it? Or whoever it was. Or, or Canada, maybe. Canada. When he was coaching Germany against Canada in Montpellier, when we, when we watched, he, he remembered us all. And uh, yep. ca- came and had a beer. So, you know, that's a, that's a big tick in his column. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. I was just going to point out that it reminds me of the Gary Gold scenario, which is when you have so much talent underneath you, you really need a, a director of rugby. Yeah, and well, that that also reminded yeah. me of um, the Gloucester position last season with Humphreys and Ackerman, albeit they've solved that conundrum in a totally different way. Totally yeah, different way. That was more like a red wedding style exit. Yeah. Wasn't it? <laughs> Everyone out. Everyone dead. <laughs> Cherry wedding. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, so, so um, as you said before the podcast, Phil, I think we should look at this in terms of... Um, the assessing the ins and outs and who sort of fared best and then really honing in on that top four running because as as we've said you know clubs like London Irish uh, they'll be happy to be starting their new season in the Brentford Stadium and to still be in there Saracens we know what's happening to them they're they're just waiting for the Champions Cup quarterfinal against Leinster and that's what their whole existence revolves around now Um, and other and Leicester as you say is all about the rebuild but other clubs, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot more on the line, so we should probably spend a disproportionate amount of time on those clubs. On the top four, yeah? But in, yeah, well, in terms of the, the, the ins and outs, who do you think's had the, had the best off-season from that point of view, or break? I think there's only, there's only one real team in it, isn't there? Yes. Um, there's, there's some interesting ins and outs and ups and downs, but the best, for my money, is Bristol. Really? That's not what I, that's not what, what, what I was going to say. All right, well, that, well, let's start there then. So, obviously, Carl Sinclair and Rod Rod have showed up. That's not bad, is it? So, Rod Rod Rod, I think, is, is the most naturally talented player in the world. Uh, he is he's unbelievably good. He's, he, he has everything. He can play yeah, he the is in the line. backs what Nakarawa is in the forwards, that just raw oh. natural gifts. Yeah, he can do, he can do everything, absolutely everything. He can play right across the back line, so he can play in the centre. He can play on the wing. He can play fifteen. He's, he's enormous. Um, I remember seeing of a picture of him topless uh, in Toulon next to Marnonu. Marnonu is quite a big bloke, but uh, yeah. Radrada is both bigger and more ripped and jacked than Marnonu. Um, That's an incredible statement. It, honestly, I'll, I'll find this picture for you. Um, I- and he is so fast and so strong and such a good all-round ball player. He is he's the best he's not only the best signing, he's probably the best player in the premiership and probably probably the single most talented player in the world. That is how highly I think of Radarada. Wow. I mean that's quite I mean, that's would you say most talented player in the world outside of a halfback or just the most talented player in the world? most most physically gifted, I'd say. Mm. So like naturally physically gifted. So uh, the Daily Mail wrote an article about him, and they said that uh, he was signed on the strength of a still photo on the size of his legs. <laughs> oh, I was gonna, I was gonna say, Phil, what's his quads like? Oh, his quads. There you Every, go. Everything. His his work ethic is supposed to be sensational as well. Uh, and I do know that. Um, so he he um, did barbarians with um, Pat Lamb, and. That's that was one of the key things to both of them actually that 
Radrada had experience working with Lamb and Lamb had experience of working with Radrada and they both knew the fit would be positive. So um, I am, if you're a Bristol fan, I would be very, very excited. I mean, I guess if you're super talented, right? Uh, this sounds ridiculous, I know. But if you've got this gift and you realise that you're so gifted, you probably don't want to go to Montpellier. So all those lads are really, really gifted. They play an okay rugby, but you know what you're going to get. And you might end up spending 10 years there and not realising your full potential because of the style of rugby that you're going to play. Mm-hmm. Now, if this is played into his decision or not. But being that gifted and then being able to team up with a coach like Pat Lamb, it does have a certain um, appeal to it. Uh, definitely. definitely. It's, he's also a brilliant story because I think in the same Daily Mail piece you're referring to, uh, there was detail I didn't realise. He, he worked for two Australian dollars an hour in a gold mine in Fiji. Played rugby with a, a coconut Yep. when he was growing up. Although I always question those stories. I always question them because they just don't sit right with me. It reminds me of the story about Johnny Wilkinson practising kicking with toilet rolls. Never really happened. Like, he'd <laughs> kick a toilet roll once in his lounge. But I don't think he would ever recommend anyone practice with toilet roll or it was a regular staple. <laughs> but Johnny May is mates with um, uh, Kim Jong-un. That is true, though, right? <laughs> Definitely. Johnny Wilkinson. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Johnny May is mates with Kim Jong-un, though. That's one of the rugby stories you can believe. <laughs> and I'll, t- I- I'll tell you another one of how rugby was never played, or it might have been played, or wasn't frequently played. It was the um, Romanian soldiers that played rugby with a, li- with a live explosive. I mean, I'm sure it might have happened <laughs> once, but it was a staple part of their training. <laughs> oh, my word. I'm definitely look at Semi Radrada. When he was playing for Parramatta Eels topless, he looks jacked. He, he's, he's just... How is it compared to Pierre Speaks in terms of pure specimen? Oh, uh, no. He's not there, but who is? Yeah. So, he might not be that good. Sorry, that talented that he can't be good. He might be just talented enough to still have to work. So, that, so, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and to add to... So, like, if, if you're totally worried about um, Radrada... Well, then Pietau is going to tear you apart. Oh, yeah. So adding oh, my word. those two to that back line. Wow. Um, yeah, and and uh, another handy signing for Bristol, um, short-term loan deal, is Ben Earl, who's another phenomenal explosive. Max Malins. Max Malins is a, a great player as well. And then they've got, you know, Luke Morahan's a pretty tidy winger as well. They've got some serious firepower. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, Rod Rod is important and very good. I can't help but think Kyle Sinclair might be the more important signing, though. Sinclair will be very handy to get to ensure you've got the platform for those boys to play. Yeah, because he has gone from an absolute scrimmaging liability when he was twelve or however long. <laughs> it like he's a solid, he's a genuinely solid scrimmage. He's more than solid. He he's a lion scrimmager now. You know, he can deal with anything in, in the Premiership. And when he's on, his, and this is my criticism of him. Um, when he's on his game, he's unplayable. Like you might even say that him going down in the England England World Cup uh, final. I mean, I'm not sure if it, it would have changed the, the 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 outcome necessarily, but it's a huge huge contributing factor because he does so much special stuff. When he's when he's on his game, he's class. My only worry is he sometimes looked a bit disinterested for for Quinns at times. Yeah. But that, 
But yeah, it could totally be Quinn's. And I, I would, I, again, I'd back Pat Lamb to get the best out of him. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spare JB the need to say it because I think in terms of an upgraded team, by virtue of the fact that Lou Diaga didn't play last season, he was injured. You can yeah. or you can count him as an upgrade, and I actually think if you, if you include him in the equation, say or have upgraded their team the most from one season to the next. They they are built in very different ways. These two teams. So the way I look at it is, Sale is more opportunistically built, as in when I mean I, I said this on on the podcast as soon as Tuolangi was available. If there is a team out there who can see a deal, see some value, and get that deal done, it will, it it will be sale. So you know, Tuolangi is very much a very much um, a bonus there. Whereas I think Bristol, it feels a lot more mapped out. Like those guys instantly fit that fit their system and what they're trying to do. I think with sale, they will adapt their system in order to make people like Tuolangi fit in. In fact, the, in fact, they're going to have to because if Tuolangi plays in his best position, thirteen. He's going to have to do that at the expense of Sam James, who is a phenomenal player and very, very different to, to Manu. So, yeah, there's a slight difference in how these two teams have gone about do, doing their business. But what mm. I would say, so Bryn Evans has been a really good premiership player for them, a great line-out um, tactician for them, and he, he's done a really good job. But they've upgraded him with a World Cup winner, one of the best Let- locks on earth in, in Lou Diaga. Um, I fell down on that. I, I, this is again not sound, sound ridiculous. So the reason I settled down on that is one area that Sale have really struggled over the last year is the line out. Bryn Evans was not just a clever tactician, he was probably one of the best line out forwards in the entire league. And without him, I don't know if Lou Diog's line out work is as, as good as Bryn Evans is, which sounds and, ridiculous, but that's how important he is. And I, I would add another um, element to that, which is. Uh, Sale's best line-out thrower, best hooker for the line-out, has left the club and they're left with Aka van der Merwe, who is a very handy player around the park. But yeah. his arrows, like I, I watched him up in Glasgow um, and his arrows were not great. So that is an area of weakness uh, as I see it. And well, yeah. the, the other one, so I, I, think it's a bit, I think it's a big upgrade. They can, and, and I say this is a good thing, it sounds like it's a criticism, it's just a fact, and I understand why they did it, uh, why they've done it. They can field a whole pack of South Africans. Um, and, nope. you know, that's how Saracens got their momentum when they won their first title. Um, and then, but behind the scrum, it's, it's little things like Sam Hill as a backup for Rowan Yanzi van Rensburg. Great. Yeah. Now, they've, now, now they've got a guy they can plug in. And as you've already said, Manitou Alangi and Sam James, they've got two guys, every single position, AJ McGinty and, and Rob, Rob Dupree. Dupree. They've, yeah. they've got two people in every single position. Well, I mean, out of, a, out of AJ and Rob Dupree, I want to say there is only one starter there, but fine. <laughs> Your boy, AJ. Absolutely it is. <laughs> but they're, yeah. they're, it's a seriously good squad they've got. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating to see how they manage it all because they are they have got very different players. I'd love I I mean with Tuolangi being literally a bonus signing, you know, that's what Steve Diamond called him, a bo- a bonus signing. I wonder if they use him as such. I wonder if they say, Well, he weren't meant to be here. Sam James is ace and we'll bring you on for the last twenty to wreak havoc, or we'll throw you on the wing, or you know, I don't think he's gonna be the starter. Mind you, I could be horribly wrong there. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like you say, unless you try and 
uh, fit Tuolagi in at 12, you are changing that the way that Sale plays. Won't happen. Won't happen. Yeah, Tuolagi's a 13. He's a 13. But then, then you're fundamentally changing the way that Sale have played up to this point in the season, uh, which, has, which has stood them in such good stead and got them to second in the league. But when, when Ryan Yancey van Rensburg hasn't been able to play, they haven't had someone they can plug in. They can, because they've got literally two people or more in every position, they can have a system now which is consistent across all players, which is why I do think they will use Tuilangi as a 13, and it'll be Sam, uh, Sam James or Manu. Yeah, uh, Sam James. Well, there might be another option. Sam James it, to fullback? Yeah, it might be Hammersley that gets the boot. Mm. Mm. Brilliantly. And he's one of those unsung guys that, you know, no one raves about him. He doesn't do any, anything flashy. He's the opposite to Jason Robinson, but he does everything at fullback rights. He's Every- very, very solid and steady. And he'll, he'll, by having him there, it allows you to have some, some more flashy guys like Denny, like Marlon Yard on the wings. Although Byron will be playing on the wings. So. Byron might get a game here or there. Or, no, no, no. It'll be Marlon or Denny. With so Byron. We've talked about a second position and third position. Let's go to the top of the table and those, those evil Exeter Chiefs. Uh, uh, uh. No, a wonderful Exeter Chiefs, I jest, obviously. Great club. Well, Great club. I kind of wonder if no news is good news. I was saying, this is a settled team. They're, they're professionals. Like a fine wine, they just get better and better and better. Well, Johnny Gray. Oh, God, yeah. That's not bad, is it? Uh, does Johnny Gray excite you as any of the other signings? I mean, you know, there's been some absolute blockbusters. It excites so, me as an Exeter player. So I'm, I, think I'm, I think I'm on record of saying that is the least possible exciting signing yeah. you, you can imagine. Like, there is, for, and certainly the, the balance of um, like big name compared to excitement, he's a pretty big name. But he is not exciting. But that that's that's might be that might be a very good thing because he's incredibly solid. His work ethic's very good. His tackle success rate is unreal. So he might fit in perfectly. Is Mitch Lee still there? Uh, no, I think he went a while ago, didn't he? I'm just trying, I'm just looking at their squad. No, but he is not. I, I would say on, on Exeter, one thing that I think when you looked at their team. They had a lot of guys who were carrying niggles, had had lots of injuries. Ollie Woodburn had been on and off with injury. He was one of their best players in recent seasons. Jack Knoll, the same. Um, there was quite a lot of guys who had niggles. You, I, I sort of wonder if a full a, Exeter have been short of a few players all the time. And, and they're the sort of team and squad that can cope with that, but that they're going to be able to be in a position to fire on all cylinders. Yeah, they're going to be a frightening proposition. Now, I want to talk about your talk about your quiz because something was said in the, in that quiz, and I was driving. And when it was said, by the way, I wasn't watching YouTube and driving before. I, <laughs> but I, it, it was very good, just as audio, I, I might add. Um, and which team has scored the most Premiership tries in a season? Hmm. Exeter last last year. Correct. Ex- Correct, Exeter. I got so it wrong. It, I said Saracens the year before. But, but yeah. Anybody trying to hide behind the fact that rugby is an evasion game with contact, it is not. It is not. And how do we know this? Because Exeter have got more tries than any other team in Premiership history, predominantly through mauling. 
which last time I checked involved involved a lot of contact. No, fact, ev- evasion. You got you got to swerve. You swerve the whole rolling mall around the, the entire opposition. <laughs> There's a narrative. <laughs> it's governing bodies telling me what I am seeing is not true. Rugby is a collision sport. It is a collision sport, and some people are lucky enough to evade collision it is coll- if you're going to send your kids to play rugby remember it is a collision sport anyone selling you about evasion if it, if if a coach comes up obviously say it's, it's it's safe to safe to play rugby it's an evasion sport with contact in it take him to court <laughs> well, I'm, um, I'm just imagining the training sessions that rob baxter's doing if he's doing that that organized swerving rolling mall <laughs> fast feet fast feet left left <laughs> right um Speaking of evasion, um, Exeter have got an interesting signing on that front, which is yeah. the younger brother of Santiago Cordero, yeah. Facundo Cordero, who I know nothing about, but if he's half as good as his brother, he'll be exciting to watch. And it's a weird signing, which tells you everything you need to know about Exeter. So there's two stories about Exeter, which uh, stand out for me. Uh, that'll be one of them. And the other one will be the signing of the new Australian scrum half, is he a, yeah, he's a fly-off. Oh, fly-off, yes, you're right. Who could have gone to the NRL, which is no joke. But yeah, if your brother is signing for Exeter, uh, you would imagine that you've said some fairly nice things about the club. And this is exactly what that Australian fly-off said, which is tried to, um, Nick, to, to Nick White, who couldn't speak more highly of the place. And that's how they ended up with one, you know, one of the best Australian, Australian talents coming yeah, up. Yeah, it's quite handy, isn't it? You know, because... Um, uh, they've had a lot. They've had a bunch, a, a few Australians. Dean Mum's gone through. Uh, um, what's his name? Greg Holmes has gone back as well to play Super Rugby, uh, is- and, and they're all singing the praises of Exeter. It, it, yeah, it does help. Absolutely. So yeah, Exeter. I mean, they are well, obviously top of the fe- top uh, top of the table. No matter how good Sale are at the moment, they've still got a lot of work to do to become a well-rounded, not a well-rounded team, but an established team. Pat I don't know. So the, 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 I, I, I don't I know. I look at the sales defence. They're they're the, they're the stingiest defence in the league. Yeah, but how stingy can you be against those pick and goes? So I, I think I think in a one-off game, it would be it'd be very interesting and very close. I think in a final situation, and in a one-off game, either team could win. Um, but in a final situation, because Exeter have been there. They've been there in Premiership. That, that team, the vast majority of that team have been there in Premiership and limited experience in Europe, but they've still been there. I, I would I would back Exeter if that were to be the final, those two. And th- those two have been, up to this point, the best two teams. Mm. I'd back Exeter as well at, at, at this point, just you know, exactly, exactly for the reason that, reasons that Phil says. Uh, and the other, making up the top four, um, a little bit off the pace, um, but... Still in with a very good shout and with a handy team, Northampton Saints. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at the table. How far down do we consider people that will be chasing a top four? Do you think London Irish will be considering that? They're in eighth and seven points off fourth. Do you think they'll be well, starting this run of games thinking, let's try and get a couple of wins early and then um, see how we go? Well, theoretically, like mathematically, everyone bar Saracens can make the top four. Mm. But based on what we know about the squads, and the performances we've seen, um, I think you you could add fifth and sixth. You could ask, add wasps and bath, um, who who would have a shot. And if 
Gustard has really got Quinn's um, firing, I think they w- would have a shot. But then I think beyond that, Irish Gloucester, Gloucester phenomenally disappointing season, um, even, even by their standards. Um, Worcester and Leicester, in my mind, none of those have a chance. And, and, and probably rightly, all of those teams should be focusing more on getting uh, their squad fit and, and ready prepared for the 20th of November. Before we go on to um, the, the teams below the top three, can I just point out one little, one little sequence? So the, the second round of matches after the restart, so round 15, Exeter, they, well, they, they play on the Sunday on the... Uh, hold on. They play on the Saturday on the opening weekend. They play the following Friday, and then they play three days later. So they have a total of eight days between... In a space of eight days, or nine, eight, or no, no, in the space of ten days, they have three games, including the second two fixtures. Sail away, the end. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A fixture and Bristol away three days later. How do you how do you manage that if you're if you're Exeter, sail Exeter, away three day break Bristol away. Well, I mean that's a really tough break, isn't it? Because um, it'd be sail say if it's sail and then Tigers or whatever, just two easy games. So those two teams in particular is difficult. Both away. I, yeah, I think Exeter are easily the best equipped team to deal with this. So I've got a theory that. Next season, because there's so, going to be so much rugby, having a bad squad might not affect you so much. Because if you've got a low, a fairly low rent starting 15, what difference does it make if you've got to go into your reserves and your reserves and your reserves? You're going to be a pretty consistent standard. Whereas if you really rely on your talent to, uh, talent to win games and they go missing, well, then your heads can go down and so on and so forth. Now, Exeter don't have that many stars. They do have stars. But what they have is team cohesion and a very, very deep team. So they are kind of like the good version of what I, what, um, what I, what I was suggesting before, which is they can play pretty much the same way throughout the entire squad. They are by far the best team equipped for this truncated, uh, truncated fixture list. Yeah, yeah. it is it's really interesting, though, like wondering how you're going to manage it. I, I agree with you. But, for example, um, Exeter's fixtures are Leicester at home, five-day break, Sail away, three-day break, Bristol away. Do you go, we're going to send a, a second team to sail? I think you probably do. And then, then, and, and then do you, if you're sailed, you try and second-guess. Exeter will probably send a weaker team to us when we're at home to them 
because three days after three days after the Exeter game at home, say you'll go to Wasps away, and then three days after that they got Bristol at home. And but then for Exeter, Sale are their closest rivals as the league currently stands. Yeah. So do you can you afford to to give Sale a gimme? Like the, yeah, for, the, for, for the top for the top four teams that that strategy adds a whole new level of intrigue to the Premiership. For everyone else, it becomes a little bit, well, they're either playing a, a kind of first team with a few kids or they're playing kids with a few first teamers and it doesn't really matter. Or are they, or are players just as a one-off going to play two, two games in four days and just do no training or anything in between, just do rehab? Players will probably love that. So, some players will. Uh, and players will probably be right now just itching to get back. Um, there, there, there are. There's one thing with the players loving it. There's another thing with injury risks. Yeah, injury risk is enormous, isn't it? Yeah. It, How many players can you afford to lose? It's not. It's not the the one injury that's a problem. It's it's the compounding effect. So, like, you lose your player at twelve, and then your second twelve has to st- step in. But then there's no respite for him in the next game. And then, you know, before you know it, you're down to your third and fourth, 12. 12. That's, that's... Yeah. And I, I do think you are right that Exeter probably do have the best equipped squad to deal with that. Both, both most depth, depth uh, least drop-off in depth and most consistency across and, and cohesion across the whole squad. So they, it will probably will suit them. But still, those um, games that you've just highlighted, Tim, there's some difficult play, decisions. Playing there. each other. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. It's not like they're going. Oh well. Oh, it's Worc- Worcester. Yeah, it's, um, it's Worcester at home. We'll, uh, you know, maybe can drop a few. It's it's big games all the way. Yeah. And and Northampton have got the they've got a really tough schedule. The teams they're playing maybe they might think that's a better running than some other people. But Wasps at home, London Irish away, Bath at home, Harlequins away. Mm. I mean, they'll they'll be hoping for um, four wins. I've certainly. Th- Three out of four, yeah, um, and probably fifteen plus points from that that schedule. Yeah, and and looking at that, you, you kind of think Northampton would have to be favourites for that fourth spot. Um, yeah, I mean, right now I think comfortable. Yeah. Well, well, not comfortable, but yeah, I think that they would they're going to be tough to oust from fourth. Well, there's a few things I think about this. Number one is Northampton, as the ground gets harder, are going to be more more formidable because they can really play. Um, so that's hugely in their favour. Number two is that I think Bath have probably got the bigger the biggest squad in that second bunch of three. Christian mm. starts playing a part in it, and yeah, Wasps. By the way, shout out to Wasps. What a phenomenal job! They're yeah, the, the, the lockdown came at just the wrong time for them, didn't it? They were on a roll. They've got rid of their DOR. They've got what seems like the right man in, in charge now, which it seems like a bit of an inspired move by um, Steve Vaughan there. And here they are. They're, you know, they're, they're in fifth. But I do think that Bath, with their bigger squad and truncated fixtures, it sort of plays into their hands a bit more. I, th- I think you might be right, actually. And can I just, just to highlight, not to go into every fixture, but just to highlight that everybody's in key positions. All, the, the top three are all playing each other. The um that 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 cluster chasing fourth position, uh, Northampton play Wasps and Bath, Bath play, uh, Northampton and Wasps obviously, um, and then 
yeah so yeah they're all they're all playing each other yeah. so there's there's big games i think the bath northampton game in the third round on the 26th of august that could be decisive that could be huge of, mm. of that of that second um, kind of second tier second three teams in the league um none of them have made many big signings so like wasps have brought in ryan mills who'll be a hand more than a handy squad player he's a very good player yeah he's a very good all-round player with a, with a supreme skill set um but that's about he's it he's one of those perfect guys that's just off international caliber but not far off perfect yeah. premiership player Yes, yeah, exactly. And he gets, like, Worcester have got a lot of game time out of him over the last few years. Certainly a lot more than, uh, say, Ben Teo, who would have been paid a significant <laughs> chunk more than him. True. Um, so, Wasp, that's, that's their oh, only real signing. Have I told you about the Ben Teo thing? Story. I, I, I'm claiming it as my own. It's not my own. I'm thinking I might have heard it from another podcast, actually. Have I heard you've this not, one? You've not told me. Have we got another level of peak Teo? Do I need to get the horn ready? <laughs> No, it was something. It was, it was quite funny. Uh, I'm going to say this came from another podcast in case I get called out on it, and I can't remember who it was. But whoever, who, hmm. we, yeah, it was Le- uh, Worcester sold Ben Teo on the vision of the club, which was great. He's obviously playing in Dublin. He's having a great time there. And uh, one of the things Ben Teo said is, "Look, I've got problems with my ankle or my knee or whatever, whatever body part on him was was falling to pieces." Um, I hear you're getting a new uh, 4G pitch. I'm also, no, absolutely not, Ben. There was <laughs> that we'd ever do that. Anyway, he shows up on the first day, and what's there? Not just a 4G, p- 4G pitch in the stadium, but, but also a, um, a 4G practice pitch, which might go some way to explaining why Ben Teo never really played for Worcester, but was always available to play in Twickenham. Mm. That, that and the super fast Wi-Fi in the Academy House, where he oh, was uh, lodging. Obviously. Um, so... Northampton signings, um, Ezekwe on loan, hand, handy, albeit I've probably never seen, um, I've never seen as much as I've wanted to out of Nick Ezekwe. I know he's a good all-round player and he's versatile, but I've just never seen that next level of performance from him. Um, you, wait, go that, that's about it. Um, you find a player's signature game, don't you? The game where they, you know, like Manu against Ireland. Mind you, he's had plenty of signature games. Um, he's got a lot of game tape, you might say. Yeah. Nick Azikwe's signature game, well, not so good. He got um, replaced by... Got Brad the Shield. shepherd's crook. Got the shepherd's crook. One, After um, 19 minutes or whatever it was. Which is what one thing it does allow is big courts to go on the blindside flank and have an extra line-out jumper. They could be a menace at a set-piece. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I tell you what, I really like uh, Ribbons too. He's awesome. Like Ribbons, he's um, a great Premiership player. Yeah, he's put again in the mould of Ryan Mills. He's the perfect Premiership player. He's there for twenty-two games. Well, he has been injured a little bit, but and there's another big second row. Quality. I know. I can't remember who he is. Moon. Moon, that's the one. He's like Moon. He he is also a very good player. Very good player. Yeah, yeah we podcast where I just name players and say they're good. they're professional athletes and they play for one of the best teams in the country I'll just name them and say they're good what what have Quinn's done besides Carl Sinclair going out Uh, not rid of the most one of the most dynamic wingers in in the premiership that was exciting thing that happened Uh, they brought in a uh, well certainly formerly one of the most dynamic wingers in the premiership in Chris Ashton 
That was yeah. the best timing. Chris Ashton's timing on that deal was so good. <laughs> hey, he, has he, must have, all... he must have known what was coming. He must have someone at the World Health Organization or someone in, uh, <laughs> in, in China, in Wuhan, that, that just gave, <laughs> gave him the tip off. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he scored every, every try he's ever had with excellent timing. I mean, it makes no... Uh, you know, it doesn't... <laughs> you would do it again. You know, well, well, well done, Chris, for that. Um, the big, the big signing for Quinns is uh, Andre Esterhazen, the South African centre, who is. Oh, I would say the big signing was the prop. Uh, is that Vilko? No. Vilko Low, Vilko Mario Low. Yeah, that to me is a bigger one than Esterhazen. But you like Esterhazen? I do like I do like Esterhazen actually. I mean, he's he's a big, strong boy. Um, do you want to know how big he is? Do you want to have a guess? Yes. Exactly what I'd like to know. Now, I don't care about his skills. Uh, his, his kicking, I don't care about... Six, six foot four, 17 and a half stone. Uh, so he's listed as six, four and a half, 194 yeah. centimetres. Yes. And 115 kg, which is a smidge over 18 stone. Oh! Coming, coming, near, coming into a channel near you. So he is a big, strong boy. I, 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 think, I think I'm right in saying that he was the boy who Owen Farrell um, did a no-arms tackle on to finish the game oh, in yeah. the 2018 November Internationals. I think... The, uh, the, the one where, Ra- uh, where Razi Erasmus afterwards was doing that fake <laughs> coaching session to teach people how to coach tackling with no arms. <laughs> yes, that one. Well, yeah, well remembered, Phil. Yeah, I, I think low is an important sign. Well, I would. I think, you know, solidifying your set piece and having a prop that can be destructive. That and your second rows are your two most important signings. But, oh, hang on. Whilst we're on big centres, I know it's got nothing to do with what we're talking about. But why not? Jamie Roberts has gone to the Dragons. What's all that about? Yeah, wants to go back home. Why? I mean, <laughs> did... why? Probably, you... <laughs> pro- I, I assume that um, all of, well, South Africa... Um, rugby where he's playing at the Stormers that's not happening right now um, France he's been there done that and there's probably not a huge amount of money floating around all the centre sl- slots in the Japanese league have been taken up by um, Kiwis uh, mm. and so there probably weren't that many options left on the table I thought maybe he might have done a little another stint at Oxford or Cambridge but there's no going to be no maybe there's no varsity game so in, in November so you can't go and slay it on campus for a few months <laughs> So, this is why this move doesn't make sense to me. Think about this. Jamie Roberts, young man, handsome man, by, by, by the way, um, particularly in his formative years. Uh, in Wales, there is probably no better place to play your rugby, is there, than Cardiff. Cardiff is the main place to be in Wales if you're a young man, hands down. So he does that, tick in the box. Paris, tick in the box, awesome. London, tick in the box, awesome. Bath, he's... A, He's an older, more refined gent now. Tick in the box. Awesome. He's also done the Cambridge thing. Tick, uh, uh, tick that box too. Newport. Cape, Cape Town. Cape don't, Town. Don't forget Cape Town. Cape Town. Tick, tick that. I, I, this makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever. Unless it's unless he's signing for Newport Beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you ran out of options. Um, I will just mention the Bath signings. Um, so they've signed the Spencer brothers, the big Spencer and little Spencer, which is uh, Ben Spencer from Saracens and Will Spencer from Leicester. Yeah, right. 
Um, Spencer not, twins. Yeah, <laughs> Spencer twins. Not, on, on, not, not really uh, twins. Um, and then like, like, Na- like Nathan and Ben Earl at Saracens, twins. <laughs> We're twins. <laughs> yeah, but, but legitimately, which one's faster? It's a good, good. It's a good question. It'd be a good race. Good question, yeah. Um, and they've, they've also signed a South African prop um, from, ooh, from Southern Kings. So mm, he'll be a, a handy squad player. But yeah, the, the, in that next tier oh, down... They re-signed Faletal. That, that was a big one. We thought Faletal would okay. be on his way. Yeah. So they, they retained him. Retained him and lost Francois Lowe, retired. Yeah. That's a shame. That's an end of an era in Bath. That. He is such, such an awesome player. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I th- he is. There's no, there's, there's not, I'm not. That's not to disparage him at all. But they, they won't miss him. Go on, just because. They, because look at their back row. Awesome. Yeah. They won't miss him. I don't no. know. I mean, he came I mean, on, sealed off the world final for South Africa. I'd miss him. I mean, I'm not saying that I'd miss him. Yeah, I would. Anyone who's that good, uh, are you going to miss? Or you say they, they like, wouldn't miss him like, um, like they'd miss Anthony Watson or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. Yeah. There, 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 there is there is other people of equivalent quality that that are ready to do a job. But not, not least Sam Underhill. Well, like Ben Curry, they'd be okay. <laughs> they, they might be okay. Or Mark Wilson. If Mark Wilson left, they'd be okay. <laughs> well, Mark, Mark Wilson has gone, hasn't he? He's, he won't be playing this period. Yeah. Um, the pro- the problem with Bath's back row and why Francois Lowe is so handy is because Francois Lowe has incredible ro- robustness and. For example, uh, Tolupe Thalatau and Sam Underhill do have a bit of a track record for putting their body in places where they shouldn't and being injured for long periods of time. So no, they've, got, it, they've got Zach Mercer in their back row as well, don't forget. Zach Sorry. Mercer is class. Yeah, they'll be all right. Yeah. All I mean, right. If, 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 you get those, if you get those three on the pitch at the same time, that is a, a unbelievably good back row. Seriously. Yeah, name, name power alone, right? Bath have got to get to fourth. If they don't, it's a disappointment. Yeah. Who do you think? Who do you think will? Bath. I'd like Northampton. I'd like Northampton or Wasps to do it, but I think Bath will, and I think it'll be undeserving. <laughs> I, I think Northampton will. I, I, I just like Chris Boyd too much, and okay. I, I, I think the way that they were playing, and JB mentioned it before, the way that they were playing um, before. They started the season well. They had a bit of a dip when the weather went bad. And now they're going to be concluding this season in great, con- pretty much great conditions. So that it suits them this time of year. Bath, bath fixtures are, aren't bad, you know. But then, no, no, you know what? No, I'm going to go Northampton as well. And, and it's all on that home game against Bath on the 26th of August. Northampton beat Bath at home. They're, they'll be home and hosed for the, for the, quarter, for the uh, playoffs. I mean, in terms of the fixtures, so we're yep. only just over halfway through the, the season, aren't we? We've got nine regular games. I mean, of course, on. I'm only looking at the ones till <laughs> the end of August. So almost everyone plays almost everyone. Yeah. So the, the fixtures, it, it will play out. Unless you've already avoided, say, Exeter Chiefs and Sale or Exeter and uh, Bristol, then um, you've, you've got as good a chance as anyone. Yeah, I, I, I think... I think Northampton will edge it. As for the fixtures for the opening weekend, um, Harlequins v Sale on the Friday night at the Stoop, at, at London Irish's uh, ground, the Stoop. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're oh. finishing their season there, aren't they? Yeah, they are. 
But then, they'll, they'll, they'll hate that because they, they London Irish and uh, Quinns, big rivals. In recent years, because of London Irish being poor, it's been more lopsided towards uh, London Irish having the rivalry. But um, it'll be good to see that one stoked back up again. Yeah, but Quinns really hate... I mean, I think Quinns have forgotten a little bit about Irish because Quinns really hate... They hate Saracens. Saracens, yeah. But Saracens don't even know it, which is the, which is the really sad. <laughs> Saracens weren't even aware of the rivalry. <laughs> so, yeah, predictions then. So, are we all saying it's going to finish with Exeter, Sale and Bristol in top three? Yeah, not necessarily in that order. I, I, think, it, I think it will be, but I'm very, very excited to see what Bristol have done in this mm. period. Bristol are the... They're the one for me who they've they had a good team anyway, and they've strengthened it in my opinion more than anyone else. Well, I I, I I think and, and this is absolutely no disrespect to Bath or Northampton or Wasps or anyone else, but I think all three of those teams will be desperate to get top spot so they don't have to play those other two teams. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everyone fighting for top spot because if if it is well. Any of those next three, if they're in second and third place, home advantage is it, it's not really an advantage because any of them can beat any of them. Mm. Well, I don't know. Coming to the to the hell pit, which is the which is the AJ Bell, <laughs> be like a normal match day with no fans in there. Don't know what you mean. <laughs> uh, so Quinn's at home to sale. I have got a horrible feeling for neutrals this might not be as straightforward as we think uh i've seen sale go to the stoop albeit in very different conditions pouring down rain and i've seen danny care just be magical uh if they can if they can control danny care i think it'll all come down come down to that down down to that really but if danny care can outsmart faff uh, which is absolutely a possibility because he's he's got so much class um uh, Sale could easily find themselves on the wrong end of 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 a result here. That said, when I saw Harlequins up at the AJ Bell, they weren't up to much. So, yeah, I'm just flicking through the Quins team. I I think this will be this will be a, a good win for Sale. Actually, I think they'll they'll start this chunk of the season right and big win for Sale. I I think I agree, tend to agree with that. As for the Saturday, all the games are kind of staggered. There will be I think overlap with a couple of them. Um, but generally speaking, you can you can definitely catch some, if not all, of every game. Uh, Worcester v Gloucester. No. Um, don't Worcester know. v Gloucester. Uh, home, Worcester. Home, Worcester home, home win. Yeah. Worcester at home. Uh, Exeter, Leicester. Home win. Uh, yes. Uh, it's just like by how many tens of points that Exeter win that. Yes, this, uh, this will, will be a rude awakening for the new Leicester Tigers. Mm. Uh, London Irish West v London Irish East. Uh, London give... Irish West at home. Yeah, Bath. Bath. Um, and then um, Brizzle versus Saracens. Yeah, that that's interesting. So Saracens, obviously relegated now they, they've had a, an unusual um recruitment position because they've lost they've lost some talent um guys like liam williams who left early in the season 
like Good and Cruis. Um, they've retained a few guys who um, are basically leaving at the end of the season, like Wigglesworth and Brad Barrett. And um, they've kept all of their big-name talent, uh, all of the prime big-name talent, with the exception of maybe Cruis. Um, so um, the Vunapolas, Itoji, Jamie George, Owen Farrell, Elliot Daly, all retained. Now, I can't help but think Saracens, probably rightly, just don't care about the Premiership. Their entire focus will be on their trip to Dublin um, in late... 20th of September? 20th, 21st that weekend, late September, to go and beat what will be a a totally full-strength, nearly island team in uh, Leinster. I trust Mark McCall to do the right thing. Um, because he's amazing. Uh, that said, if I see any of those big name players on a Premiership pitch without very good reason, maybe <laughs> for like a half just to get match fit before the Leinster game, maybe something like that. But I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them on a Premiership field. I don't want to see them risking injury for nothing. Um, keep keep your powder dry uh, and wait for Europe. And for that reason, I, I just think it'll be a home win. I think yeah. all the, I'm predicting home winning all the games on Saturday. Yeah. Final one, Northampton versus Wasps on the Sunday. Ooh, not bad at all, this one. Uh, well, it's going to go a long way to predicting how the season's going to kind of pan out, I think. Yeah. Uh, where are they playing? At Franklin's Gardens. But well, without it, the Franklin's Gardens crowd, which is, mm. does create a great atmosphere there. And also, remember this, uh, Wasps had an unexpected victory against Northampton at the Rico. Now, I don't want to drop names, but I was there with Carol Vorderman. Uh, <laughs> and they should, Wasps should not, have won, not, should not have won that. I think Northampton will have that very keenly in the forefront of their mind, and they will beat Wasps. Yeah, give me Northampton. So home wins, it's- except for Friday, when it'll be an away win. Correct. Interesting. Mm. And by the way, on the Sunday, it's uh, 4.30 a.m. Just to complete an amazing weekend of rugby, uh, the Blues v. the Crusaders, which will be a pretty tasty match. Is that the No, uh, the Sunday. Oh, right. Sorry, yeah, we put it on the Friday. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Next, yeah. that is going to be very, very tasty. Uh, I just want to mention one other thing, which is, uh, you know, obviously I know the Premiership don't have anyone of my calibre administering the game. Naturally, yeah. Just- but should they have someone of my calibre? The one thing which has escaped them is the advantages of not having a crowd. I think everyone sort of, oh no, not having a crowd. Yeah, I get, I get away much quicker from the stadiums. That's the big advantage. <laughs> that, right? But the sport of rugby is no, is no longer a spectator sport, is it? It's now a TV sport for as long as these awful restrictions remain. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm going... I mentioned it on the, on the podcast b- before. I'll mention it. Um, they should have stu- they should have scouted out some unbelievable locations. So on TV, at least, it's an amazing spectacle. So you could have, e- and this is not a joke, you could have played a game on HMS Queen Elizabeth. No problem. It's easily big enough, and it would look amazing on TV. You could play a game at the Honourable Artillery Company in the city of London. Build a game. Build it. Build us. Uh, build a whole pitch near just with the Stonehenge as the backdrop. Yeah, well, awesome. I mean, if it's not beautiful enough there already, 
they can remove the temporary stands. It's look amazing. Yeah, that's a good point. You just need like a, a few TV gantries. Yeah, just well, in fact that, that there will be spectators at the Bath game. So I used to I lived in Bath, and the, the railings on Pulteney Street, you can see most of the pitch from there. So I used to go there and catch a game occasionally. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so I think they have missed out a little bit like that because uh, you know, some of the locations you could have had would, would be spectacular because you don't need to worry about the fans. But obviously, they never consulted me again. The, 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 I mean, there is an issue with cameras and everything. And there was, um, there was talk initially of using the Rico and one other ground, which I can't remember, to so do all the, of the games. So why the Rico was mentioned. Wi-Fi. It is Wi-Fi. Well, linked to Wi-Fi. It is because um, they, can move, they can control all the cameras in the Rico um, without a camera operator. Yeah, remotely. Ah, okay. So that's why the Rico was... Um... But they were talking about having uh, set stadiums and all the teams just go to the stadium and play all the game one after the other. But... Which is what they've done. Is it um, MLS have been and playing M- and NBA? Yeah. Yeah. Which- yeah, I don't really like that, to be honest. It depends, like, in where you've got, like, basketball or football or soccer where you can play kind of a game every two days, it kind of makes sense, whereas rugby, because even in this condensed um, fixture schedule, there's occasionally the three-day turnaround, but the games have to be more spread apart, so it, it makes yeah, less unless, sense. Unless they, took, they decamped everyone to the Thunderdome in Paris and did it there. <laughs> And yeah, they just one after the other never stopped. You have about five hours between games. <laughs> like, old... like a sevens tournament. I was offered a, a place once with um, uh, big solicitors in Manchester, who I can't remember who they are now, so I apologise to them. I was offered a space to play a 24-hour game for a world record, and I couldn't because I was away somewhere. I can't remember where I went. I went on holiday, so I couldn't accept, I couldn't accept it. But yeah, I think you got subs but you had to play for 24 hours. I thought, yeah, that sounds like fun, until it's not. Like Le Mans. Yeah, Le Mans rugby. <laughs> Can you imagine the standard of rugby after 22 and a half hours? <laughs> uh, sadly, mine would be pretty consistent. <laughs> <laughs> no drop-off in performance. All <laughs> yeah, handling skills. <laughs> right, I think we're done on the Premiership, don't you? Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to mention. Uh, yeah, no, it's gone. Oh, yeah, thank you for everyone... Thank you to everyone for subscribing. Uh, we had a little, quick look at our um, our subscriptions, and uh, yeah, I've, when you've got so many choices and so little rugby to uh, uh, rugby to watch, it means an awful lot that you're still bothering to uh, subscribe and download. So thank you very much. Agreed, Absolutely. definitely. So, agreed. So charge up your Negroni and uh, enjoy the rugby this weekend. Perfect. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know? Cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain. I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.